Hosanna to the son of David, the king of Israel. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Good morning and welcome to this service of Palm Sunday online. We're glad you could join with us. Though the campus is closed, the Church of Jesus Christ is in full operation. And we're so glad that we can continue to minister the gospel in these difficult times. We encourage you to continue supporting the ministry of Christ Church Plano through online giving and by giving a call to the church office to set up your giving so that these ministries can continue to be supported in this season. As we come to this Palm Sunday service with our palms and with our hosannas, let us be reminded what Holy Week is truly all about. Dear brothers and sisters, from the beginning of Lent until now, we have been preparing our hearts by repentance and self-sacrifice. Today, with the whole church, we herald the beginning of the celebration of the Paschal Mystery. On this day, our Lord Jesus Christ entered Jerusalem and was welcomed as king with palms and shouts of praise. Today, we greet him as our king, though we know his crown was a crown of thorns and his throne a cross. Therefore, I invite you to follow our Lord this Holy Week. From his triumphal entry, through his suffering and death, to the glory of his resurrection. Let us pray. We praise you, Almighty God, for the acts of love by which you have redeemed us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. On this day, he entered the holy city of Jerusalem in triumph and was hailed as king by those who spread their garments and branches of palm along his way. Sanctify these branches with your blessing, we humbly pray, that they may be for us signs of his victory. Grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our king and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Hosanna to the Son of David, the King of Israel. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us go forth in peace. In the name of Christ, amen. Join with us for our opening hymn.
beloved, the scriptures teach us to acknowledge our many sins and offenses, not concealing them from our Heavenly Father, but confessing them with a humble and obedient heart that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. We ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before Almighty God, but especially when we come together in his presence to give thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to declare his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things which are necessary for our life and for our salvation. Therefore, draw near with me to the throne of heavenly grace. Praying together. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Hear these words of absolution. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, desires not the death of sinners, but that they may turn from their wickedness and live. He has empowered and commanded his ministers to pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardons and absolves all who truly repent and genuinely believe his holy gospel. For this reason, we beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that our present deeds may please him, the rest of our lives may be pure and holy, and that at the last we may come to his eternal joy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, open our lips and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Let us join together for our song of praise.
Join me as we read Psalm 118. We will read responsively by half verse. Open unto me the gates of righteousness, that I may go into them and give thanks unto the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter into it. I will thank you, for you have heard me and have become my salvation. The same stone which the builders refused has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Help me now, O Lord. O Lord, send us now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord who has shown us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will thank you. 
You are my God, and I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is gracious. His mercy endures forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The first lesson is from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, chapter two, beginning in verse five. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing our gradual hymn.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. Father, we believe that you inspired your servant Matthew to record this moment in the life of Jesus. We believe these words not only had power in the day that Matthew wrote them, but these words have power this day because they were inspired by your Holy Spirit. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, open this word for us perhaps as never before that we would be changed more and more to be like Christ, changed more and more into the people that Christ has come to save. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. What are we declaring in this Palm Sunday drama? with our palms and our hosannas, with our parades, in all the ways that we celebrate with pageantry this beginning of Holy Week. What are we declaring in this Palm Sunday drama? To understand what we're declaring, we need to understand this word we keep saying in song and liturgy this day, that word, hosanna. What does it mean? We, we say it every time we gather for Holy Communion. During the Sanctus, in the service of Holy Communion, we say Hosanna, but what does Hosanna mean? The word is only used in the New Testament in this Palm Sunday story. Verse 9 of our text, the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna is a Hebrew word 
that means save us, please. It's a word that you can find in Psalm 118, which we just recited together a few moments ago. Save us, help us, O God. And in the root of this word, Hosanna, is that word yasha, which is the same root as the name Jesus. God saves. But what exactly are we asking when we say Hosanna? What exactly are we asking for when we plead for God to come and save us? The truth is that far too often we ask too little of God, not too much. It's like that first Palm Sunday crowd in our text. Their desire, it would seem, is for improved circumstances. Oh Lord, would you kick out the Roman oppressors? Would you make us strong and have full bellies and be happy families? Today, we may call out to God, save us. But what we're really asking for is, oh God, give us health. Give us wealth. Give me an Instagram full of happy memories. But instead, shouldn't we be asking God for more? Because that's what Palm Sunday is ultimately about. God answering our hosannas. God answering our cries for salvation with his full, full salvation story. We ask too little from God. It's like a church on Wednesday a uh, few months ago as we were gathering together for our various classes, having our meal together, and one of our parishioners came up to me, a dear lady, and she said, which class are you teaching tonight, Father Paul? And I told her, and, and she said, oh, good. She said, last week I took Father Jonathan's class. Uh, by the way, Father Jonathan, during this uh, coronavirus break, uh, has defended his dissertation, and he actually now is Dr. Jonathan Bales. Praise God. But a woman said to me, she said, I took Father Jonathan's class last week, and I don't want to take it again. And I said, why? Did he not teach well? And she said, no, I always struggle to follow along in classes that are taught by really smart, well-educated people. So I'm going to take your class tonight. <laughs> the reality is that so often when we come to God, it's the same way. I don't want everything you can give me, God. I just want you to improve my circumstances this much. But Palm Sunday reminds us that God answers our hosannas with more than we can ask for or imagine. What are we declaring in this Palm Sunday liturgy? We're declaring that God has answered our hosannas. Oh, come and save us. And here's how he answers our hosannas. Behold the Christ, the King, the long-awaited Messiah has come. And behold the cleansing, this moment that happens immediately after the parade where Jesus goes into the temple and cleanses it is a picture for us of just how much we need God to cleanse us. 
But not only is God answering our hosannas as we see him deliver to us the Christ and the cleansing, but we see him answering our hosannas as we behold the cost. The cost of our salvation. This is what Holy Week is about. See, first we see God answering our hosannas. Behold the Christ. For 600 years, Israel had been longing for this moment. They'd been invaded. They'd been exiled. And they'd been an occupied people under the Babylonians and the Persians and the Greeks and now the Romans. And hope had grown in Israel over those 600 years that a king would return and would take that seat in Jerusalem. That he would be Mashiach, anointed, where we get the word Messiah from. He would be the anointed king from God. And that word Mashiach, Messiah, is the word Christ in Greek. And he would fulfill the promise of the covenant God made with David. That there would forever be one of David's lineage seated on the throne of Israel. Verse 9, they cry out, with expectation, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The crowd knew exactly what they were saying about Jesus in this parade. That they believed that he was the long-awaited Messiah who had come. And this whole text, not just the Hosannas, screams out, here is your king. For we're told that this all begins in verse 1 on the Mount of Olives. See, in Zechariah 14, there was another prophecy that on that day, his feet would stand on the Mount of Olives. Another messianic prophecy. And what's interesting is when you go to Jerusalem, you can actually see this Palm Sunday roots. You can see from the Mount of Olives and then down through the Kidron Valley to the city gates and then to the temple. And when you see this route, the whole geography of the route Jesus takes itself says, here is the Messiah. Each step along the way, he is fulfilling this set of prophecies. And that's why they spread their cloaks on the road, verse 8, and palm branches. Because this is what you do before a king. In 2 Kings chapter 9, when they declare that Jehu is king, his courtiers take their cloaks and lay them on the steps before Jehu to declare, you are our king. These palms contained enormous expectations for who Jesus was and what he would do for them. But what Jesus does next, though, is unexpected. 
See, not only as God is answering our hosannas does, does, do we behold the Christ, but then we behold this cleansing moment. See, in verses 12 and 13, immediately after our passage, we read this, and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. What's shocking for the crowd, again, about our expectations of what God has come to do for us when we cry out Hosanna, is they expected him not to enter the temple, but for the Messiah to enter Pilate's headquarters. The shock is that The Messiah comes, the Christ comes, and his first act is to deal with an impure temple, an impure people who are worshiping in the temple. The Christ's first action is to come and deal with the people of Israel and their brokenness, not the Romans. We do this all the time. With God, we, we cry out for help. We look at our circumstances. We cry out to God for help. We say, Hosanna. But what we're ultimately saying is, oh God, would you come and deal with all the problems out there? And we can enumerate all the systems and all the people that have caused the brokenness of this world, but we're pointing outward. And yet in this moment when the Christ comes answering our hosannas, he comes instead into our circumstances, our lives, our temples, and says the problem is right here. I don't know how you found this shelter-in-place season for what it's done for your pattern of life and the way that you and your loved ones and those you live with, how you interact with each other. But here's what I found incredibly as I reflect just on the last couple weeks of this is my family and I have eaten breakfast together more in this last couple weeks than I think in the last year. My children and my wife and I have taken the dog's for walks together as a family more times in the last couple weeks than I think in a couple years. They always are faithful. I'm the one that's so often not there. They're having breakfast together. They're walking the dog as a family. I'm not present. And as beautiful a thing it is, a silver lining in all this sheltering in place, it also immediately convicts me. What is broken in me? that it takes a pandemic for me to slow down enough to spend this amount of time with my family. We must be honest with ourselves and before God that when we cry out for help, oh God, Hosanna, come and save us, that he will truly come, but the cleansing is going to begin right here. As Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the great Russian philosopher, once wrote, the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. Or as Paul says in Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The problem 
is the people of God in Jesus' day had become like the nations, full of idols. The problem is today that we, the people of God, have so often become like the nations, full of idols. And that's why the Christ must come and cleanse the temple of our hearts. This is the primary work that he comes to do, to cleanse and heal us. I love those words from Psalm 115 because it explains so much of Jesus' healing ministry. Psalm 115 Speaking of the nations and their idols, their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them, and so do all who trust in them. In this Lenten season, we've been walking through this Lenten devotional, looking at the question of idols, recognizing that these idols can take so many forms in our lives, not just little statues and shrines that we could build into our homes, but idols can be so varied. As John Calvin once said, that the human imagination is an idol factory. We are so quick and so ready to find things as a substitute for our trust in God. And that's why the psalmist warns that those who make them, these idols, will become like them and so do those who worship them. Again, the description, idols, dead statues, dead things that have mouths but do not speak. Noses but do not smell, hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, cannot speak. Isn't it amazing that when you look at Jesus' healing ministry, that he has precisely come to reverse the effects of our idolatry? Because immediately after he cleanses the temple, what do we read in verse 14? And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Jesus comes to cleanse and heal our idolatry, comes to cleanse and heal the effects of this brokenness in our lives. He comes not to overthrow Pilate's headquarters. He comes to overthrow my hearts. But how? He brings this cleansing is equally unexpected. See, not only does God answer our hosannas, behold your Christ, the Messiah, behold the cleansing, but God answers our hosannas by showing us the cost. The cost is even written in this Palm Sunday procession. Verse 2, verse 5, and verse 7, we keep reading about this donkey. He's riding a donkey. Now, in one sense, it's a fulfillment 
of Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. But some in the crowd must have wondered, why had God prophesied that the Messiah would come on a donkey? What does that mean for this moment? Because in the ancient Near East, kings do ride on donkeys. But kings only ride into cities on donkeys when they ride into a city declaring peace. When they come to bring war, when they come to bring judgments, they come riding a war horse with an army. But instead, this king, this Messiah, this Christ comes riding on a donkey, declaring that he enters the city of Jerusalem in peace. As Tom Wright says this, an increasingly common interpretation of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem is to see that event not only as the staged fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 9, but also as a deliberate parody of the regular entry into Jerusalem of Pontius Pilate on horseback surrounded by soldiers. Jesus is fulfilling this prophecy as he comes declaring peace as this king. And this peaceful procession will point us to the final effect of the cross that he comes to bear. This peaceful procession points to the cross which he is about to bear. Because the evening of the resurrection will teach us this. As we fast forward to Easter, at the end of this week, as we come there and we read what Jesus says to those disciples, after he has died on that cross, bearing the sins of the world, and has risen again, in verse 19 of John chapter 20, Jesus stands before his disciples, and he shows them his wounds, and he says these words, Peace be with you. We miss all these different aspects of sharing communal life together right now because we're separated. We can't be together in church and we can't pass the peace. We do this every time we gather liturgically. We say the peace of the Lord be always with you and you say and also with you and we share that peace together. And that sharing of the peace is not just a friendly hello, it's good to see you, it's been a while, but rather it's us living out the Easter and Good Friday declaration that in those wounds of Calvary that he has won us peace with God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. God was in Jesus Christ making peace between himself and humanity. And that's why we share the peace together. We say we are reconciled people, reconciled to God and to be reconciled to one another. Peace 
be with you. Look at those wounds. The donkey that he rides into Jerusalem is a declaration that he comes not as a conquering king to slay and shed the blood of his enemies, but rather to be slayed himself and to spill his own blood for the sake of his enemies. As Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is the cost. This is the cost of God answering our Hosanna. He gives us the Christ. He gives us this cleansing. We are the problem. Our hearts and our brokenness and our idolatry is the problem. And he comes to cleanse it. But there is a cost And the cost is the life of his son. See, the question for us, friends, as we look at our current circumstances, as we look at our own prayer lives, as we call out to God, asking, oh God, would you save us? As we cry out our hosannas, are we asking for the fullness of, of God's transformative salvation? Are we asking God to truly save us in the full way that Holy Week shows us he will? Or are we simply asking God to slightly improve our circumstances? Just make my life a little bit better. Make my kids a little more well-behaved. Make my marriage a little bit stronger. Make me a little more comfortable and secure in this world. That's all I ask. And in doing so, we are diminishing what Holy Week means. And we're diminishing our relationship with God. As C.S. Lewis writes, he says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea, we are far too easily pleased. What this Palm Sunday drama is meant to invoke in us is a remembrance of the scope and the size of how God answers our cries of Hosanna. God comes not just to improve our circumstances, but he comes to give us new life. There's that moment in the Passion of the Christ film, which I always commend to individuals to watch in Holy Week, if they can. Not everyone can watch this movie. It's difficult to see the full breadth of the crucifixion and the horror of this. But there's a moment in the Passion of the Christ, my favorite moment. And it's an extra biblical moment. It's actually not specifically found directly in scripture. And they put it in this moment when when Jesus in one of those moments carrying the cross to Golgotha falls and his mother Mary 
runs to him and he says to her these words, see mother, I go to make all things new. Jesus the Christ has come to cleanse us at great cost. Not to simply improve our momentary circumstances, but coming to make us new. This is what Holy Week is about. And as we pray in the midst of our difficult circumstances, as we pray, O oh Lord Jesus, come afresh and pour upon me this cleansing that you bought for me at great cost. You are the Christ. You are the long-awaited Messiah that I have been calling out to God for. As we call out to him, this transformation of our lives, this being made new, is what will ultimately change us and our world. What are we declaring in this Palm Sunday drama? That God has answered our hosannas. That God has answered our cries for salvation. Behold the Christ. Behold the cleansing. And behold the cost of our salvation. Hosanna to the Son of David. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Please join me as we reaffirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show your mercy upon us and grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide those who govern us and lead us in the way of justice and truth. Clothe your ministers with righteousness and let your people sing with joy. O Lord, save your people and bless your inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, and defend us by your mighty power. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and take not your Holy Spirit from us. Let us pray the collect of the day for Palm Sunday. Almighty everlasting God, in your tender love for us, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our nature and to suffer death upon the cross giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and come to share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A Collect for Peace. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life, and to serve you is perfect freedom. 
defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A Collect for Grace. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us safely to the beginning of this day. Defend us by your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor run into any danger, and that guided by your Spirit, we may do what is righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us now pray the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all, for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Together, let us also pray a prayer of St. John Chrysostom. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. We're glad you've joined us for this Palm Sunday service of worship. And we pray that as you walk through this holy week, that you will be sustained and challenged by the gospel. We encourage you to join us for our Good Friday service and then again for Easter Sunday online together. Receive now these words of benediction as we enter together this holy week. The peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his son Jesus Christ our Lord and the blessing of God Almighty the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us sing together our closing hymn of praise. Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God.